This week has been one of those weeks. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, you know why your week was so rough? Was because it's got to be a downhill slope after karaoke on the life course weekend, right? I mean, ah, no, I understand. It's true. It's true. It's going to be a letdown no matter what just because of that. How can it get any better than that? I mean, I tap danced. I sang. I mean, come on. That's a beautiful thing. But this, this week, um, I mean, I had this great message that, uh, that, that I've been thinking I wanted to do for this Sunday. And uh, it would have been great. I had a nice video. And I mean, it was, it just wasn't what God was doing. And I know he wasn't, it wasn't what he was doing with me. And from what I'm hearing about what's going on in the church, I don't think it's what God was doing in the church. And as I'm praying and as I'm seeking, like, this week is so dorked up, God. Like, what, what do you, what's going on? Like, what, what is it that I'm supposed to teach on this morning? I kept, I kept coming back to this scripture in Ephesians where Paul, Paul is writing this letter. And keep in mind, as, as we read this, Paul writes this letter. He's in jail. Like, like he's locked up. And he writes this letter and he says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. This is Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 12. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil and the heavenly realms. And I felt like he was saying it to me. When you're looking at, I'm, I had circumstances this week that I looked at and I go, this is crazy. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I'm looking at the circumstances. I'm looking at what's shaking down and, and it can't possibly be happening. And it just, the scripture comes up this, hey, wait a minute. Our struggle is not with flesh and blood. But there's something much deeper going on. There's spiritual forces at work. It's not just flesh and blood. Something deeper, bigger, more terrible, more sinister, more destructive than meets the eye. No matter what you believe coming into it. You know, reality, what, what's great about reality is if you don't believe in it, it's still there. That's kind of what reality is. It doesn't matter what you believe, it's still there. And so some of us, we love to, to hold on to God and to Jesus and pretend like there is no devil, that there, there are no supernatural forces that work against us. But the reality is, the revelation of Scripture is that, that there are our forces that work against us. And that when you have something as powerful as the Life Course Weekend, where people are freed up and they experience God in, in, a, in a new way and they begin to, to accept the grace of Jesus in their life, it's a powerful thing and there will be there will be resistance to that. Not just natural resistance, but there will be supernatural resistance to that. And so, it, like if you're a visitor, oh, this church is crazy. Oh, this church is crazy. They're talking about the devil. It's true. It's in scripture. It's not something that we make up. It's not something that we have to go very far to find. There was a, uh, some French dude, like a French poet. Like, I don't mean... French poetry, but he says this. I only know because it was in a movie. The Usual Suspects, great movie. Uh, The greatest trick the devil has ever pulled is convincing the world that he doesn't exist. 
If he can convince us that he doesn't exist, then we think that the battle is with each other. It's flesh and blood. And so we begin to fight and war with ourselves, thinking that this is where the battle is. This is where the struggle is. Paul's been beaten up by people, literally. I mean, they have drawn blood from him, from beating him. People have locked him up and put him in jail. People have oppressed him for for what he was doing. But he writes to the church and says, hey, the battle isn't with flesh and blood. The battle isn't with flesh and blood. It's It's with forces beyond that. It's much deeper than what meets the eye. And, 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 it, and it brings us to that place of understanding now where, where Jesus, as, as he's beaten and, and he undergoes this, he can say, God, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. They've been deceived. They don't understand the truth. But my battle is not flesh and blood. It's not them that I resist and that I hate. It's, it's these evil powers that are at work. We're in a battle whether we know it or not. We got hunters at River City Church, right? We got hunters. I know Todd's, yeah, Todd's winking. Todd's a hunter. A lot of hunters in the church. And, and I heard this comedian one time, and he says that hunting, hunting is a sport. It's just that your opponent doesn't know he's playing. <laughs> Think about that. It's like throwing a football at the back of someone's head, right? Right? But what's, it's not a political statement about hunting. I'm just making the point that we don't want to be that guy that doesn't know that we're in the middle of a battle. Paul, at one point, he's talking about the supernatural, and he says, brothers, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to not know that there is more than meets the eye. I don't, I don't want you to be ignorant that there, is, there are other forces at work. And in this place here, he's talking about making your stand. You are in a battle, and the battle is not a flesh and blood battle. It doesn't matter how strong physically you are. We're in a battle. And so we talk. Well, okay. Are we, are, we, are we overemphasizing the devil and what he can do? And, 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 and when he talks about the schemes of the devil, which I want to go through and talk about what are some of the schemes. C.S. Lewis, he says, you know, there's two equal and opposite errors into which we can fall about the devils. One is to believe in their existence and the other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. In other words, we can overemphasize them and, and, and just, you know, all the time we're focusing on them. And that would be an error. But then the other error is to, is to ignore them and to pretend like they don't exist at all. We don't want to be on either extreme. But we need to recognize when Scripture talks about this battle that's taking place, this Scripture that, we, that we've heard referred to Numerous times, if you've been in church, of, of how we're supposed to fight and what the gifts are that God's given us to fight. Well, you have to recognize, what are we fighting? Paul is making this point that we should stand against the devil's schemes. What are the schemes of the devil? Why? Why, why even talk about this? So we can recognize them. We can recognize what are the schemes. We should talk about what the schemes are so we can recognize when they come up. And I'm not saying that we can always, you know, discern, oh, well, the aura, yeah, that's definitely, oh, yeah, you talk to a demon, dude. Yeah, Satan's behind that. That's not the point. But the point is to recognize the schemes of the devil so that we can at least understand when they're playing into his hand. 
Whether the origins are in him, him or not, if they're playing into his hand, I want to know about it. I want to know about it because my battle is not flesh and blood. So what are some of the schemes of the devil that we hear about in Scripture? Well, we know that he hates humanity. He hates humanity because from the beginning he has has sought to, to, to hurt us as a people. Humanity in general. Some, why? Because God loves us so much. God loves us so much. And yet, you know, he's out there saying, why? He's the accuser. The word actually means accuser. He's the one saying, you love these people too much. You know, they're not worth your love. They're not worth it. And I'm going to show it. You look at the, the, the tribulation of, of Job, and, and that's where Satan is trying to expose to God that they don't deserve all that you've given them and all that you want to give them. He's, he is a liar. Jesus says it. He says he was a murderer from the beginning. This is Jesus in John chapter 8, verse 44. And he's talking to people who have been deceived. And he's saying, look, you've been deceived by the devil. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. He's a murderer. That means that he's a robber of life. And in another place, Jesus talks about the, the enemy comes to, to steal, kill, and destroy, to take life from us. He's a murderer. This is Jesus. He's a murderer to rob us of life, to rob us of hope, to rob us of our identity. And he does that by speaking lies. He's a liar. And there's, there's all kinds of lies that are spoken around us and to us all the time. And they play into this scheme that he has. If he can convince us of some of these lies, he, he can hurt us. If, if we start to think that we're not the redeemed children of God, which we are, which we read about in Scripture, the promise of Scripture, we have been redeemed. It's no longer up to us. It's no longer our works that mean anything. It's what Jesus did, and we rely on that. If he can convince us that it's somehow about us, or you know what, that we, don't, we haven't earned God's favor, we haven't earned God's love, then we're playing right into his hand. That's a scheme of the devil that Paul is saying to take our stand against. Peter When Peter talks about him, he says, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Looking for someone to devour. This idea of picking off like a lion would pick off when it's hunting. Looking for the one straggler. The one that's that's out of the pack. We're going to talk about that in just just a minute. This idea of, of us being together in a community and one of the lies of the enemy is to, is to somehow pick us off, to somehow make us feel alone. The, the woman that we heard about earlier who had carried for years the weight of, of this decision that she had made, the guilt associated with that, she had never told anyone. That breaks God's heart. That breaks God's heart. We, in church, this is the place where we should be able to be vulnerable where we should be able to bring burdens and have someone help us carry the load. And when church isn't doing that, we're ceasing to stand against the schemes of the enemy. And we're playing into his hand. 
When we act like we've got it all together, all we're doing is isolating people and isolating ourselves. One of his schemes, he wants to twist humanity. He wants to twist God-given desires. He wants to afflict people. At one point, Jesus heals a crippled woman in Luke 13, 16. He says, this daughter of Abraham, who Satan has kept bound for 18 long years. There was this health affliction and Jesus saw through it as a scheme of the enemy and and she was being held bound by that thing. It was a supernatural thing. Again, it wasn't flesh and blood. And he calls it out. He hates the church. He hates the church. Think about it. The true church. When we get together, there is such power in that. It was great hearing from uh, Stephanie finding out that she's you know, pregnant. How awesome is that? That she's got this community of people that are praising God because they know they've been with her through the process. They've been with her through the process. And you know, the enemy hates that. He would much rather have her by herself. So then he can twist things and he can lie and deceive. But instead she's together and there's people speaking life into her saying, surely this is God. Surely God loves you so much that he's, he's pouring out gifts on you. Not because of anything you've done, but because he's that good. And together we share, we share testimonies and it encourages us all. Because some of us, we had a week like Tom did. Some of us, we had a great week. We come together and we share and it's encouraging for both of us. He hates the church. And whenever we hate the church, it's a scheme of the devil. It plays right into his hand. When we take offense at the church and at the people in the church or whatever, and, and, we, and we begin to build up walls between us and other people, and we begin to speak to other people and do the same thing and continue the offense and hold on to it, what are we doing? Are, are we helping ourselves? We're playing into this scheme that Paul is saying, no, our battle is not flesh and blood. It's much bigger than this. It's much deeper than this. And the best hope that we have is in God. And it's in our church, the church. He wants us divided. He wants us to dismiss church as nothing more than a show. Screwtape letters. C.S. Lewis writes this book and he's just, he's going over the schemes of the enemy. And it's great because he does it in a fun kind of fictional way, as fun as it can be, talking about the devil. But it it, it is funny to think about some of the things that he says. He says, you know what? Don't worry if they go to church. Most times when they go to church, it's just dull and they don't really experience anything. They don't believe anything's going to happen. They don't believe any change is going to come. There's no genuine encounter with God at church. So don't worry. It can actually work for you, is what one of the devils says to the other devil. Let them go to church. It's going to play into your hand. It'll actually work for you because just get them to focus on the other junk that people are dealing with and, and, and let him start judging them and he'll be pulled out of it. So th- those are the schemes. So when, when Paul says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the, the devil's schemes, these are just some of the schemes that we read about in Scripture. So I'm not saying that every time something happens 
that it has its origin. Every time someone believes a lie, every time someone is sick, I'm not saying that these are all supernatural in origin, but I am saying that these are the schemes that we know about in Scripture that that Paul doesn't want us to ignore. He doesn't want us to think that it's all about flesh and blood. Does that make sense? In the next verse, 13. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, after you've done everything to stand. Now, the sense here is that the battle, it's not like we're in a defensive position and we're like backing up, oh no, here come the schemes of the enemy. That's not the sense. The sense is that God's kingdom is advancing all the time. When Jesus inaugurated his, the kingdom and he, and he said, my kingdom is here, my kingdom is advancing, that's exactly, it, it will continue to advance. Make no mistake. And that's why there's resistance. But as it's advancing, we're going to encounter resistance and we're going to have to t- take a, a, our stand and we're going to have to fight. But it's not some kind of defensive, it's not like we're running away. We are engaging, we're moving forward. Does that make sense? Put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, you'll be able to stand. We shouldn't fear anything. Just to be clear. Like, I'm not saying all this because we should be afraid. You know, it's, not like, it's not like a good horror flick. It's not like The Exorcist or, you know, some of these movies. Out. It's not like that we should, we should be afraid. John says, the one who is in you is greater than, than who's in the world. That inside of us, the Holy Spirit empowers us. There's nothing for us to be afraid of. We have the full armor of God. Seriously? I'm not going to be afraid. There's nothing. The only, way, the only way he can succeed is if we don't recognize it for what it is. If we don't recognize it and we play into it and we give up our own authority and we give up what God has given us. That's the only way he can make any advance at all because we have the full armor of God. We are empowered by him. He's in us is greater than he's in the world. Jesus and his disciples, they're never plagued by Satan. You know what I mean? Who's the bad guy in Dora the Explorer? The, the little fox? Swiper. Swiper, no swiping. There's this, you know, there's this bad guy in the Dora, Dora T. You know, like, I mean, it's almost like that. Okay? Oh, wow, that just came to me. I don't know if that's Holy Spirit or just too much Dora. But it's this idea that, you know, it's not like the disciples and Jesus are like, okay, guys, seriously, what are we going to do? Like, we just encountered, you know, this person who's obviously under the influence of the enemy. What are we going to do? I'm freaked out, man. I'm losing it. What do we do? Never, never like that. It's more of an annoyance. Like Swiper. <laughs> it's more of an annoying character that just keeps popping up. But whenever Jesus sees it, he's like, oh, dude, yeah. You know, that's, that's the enemy right there. That's the enemy. And he calls it out and he moves on. And as soon as he recognizes it and calls it out, that's it. Because he has no authority. He who's in us is greater than he who's in the world. This enemy. They're never plagued by him. If anything, they're annoyed. You remember in Acts, there's at one point where the woman's, you know, like, annoying Peter, basically, while he's trying to preach. And Peter finally just stops, calls her out. out this, is, this is not of God. This is a spirit from somewhere else. Calls it out and then continues doing what he's doing. 
Literally, I mean, like the language is that he's annoyed by it, but it's nothing more than that. And as soon as he calls it out, that's it. God's kingdom is advancing, and we're going to continue to encounter battles. That's what part of it's exciting. You know, like having a bad week just shows me that God's on the move. And you hear testimonies on Sunday, and you believe, man, God is on the move at River City Church. Based on what I'm hearing, there's stuff going on in people's lives that just confirms God is on the move. There is resistance. But we will continue to advance. And, Pete, and um, Jesus, he tells Peter, John Eldridge points this out, Matthew 16, 18, he says, I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The gates of hell are in a defensive position. The gates of hell are trying to keep us back. They're not advancing. We're advancing. We're the ones that are bringing the assault. We're the ones that are, that are making progress. We shouldn't be afraid. We need to be empowered. We need to make the charge. Verses 14 through 19. Stand firm then. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Sin has lost its power. Death has lost its sting. That's the message that we get to bring. And we are equipped with the full armor of God to do that. The message in this piece of scripture says you're up against more than you can handle on your own. (laughs) It's a good way to say it. We're up against more than we can handle on our own. Isn't it awesome that we have God? Isn't it awesome that we have community, that we have church? We need that. If anything, you can take that from Paul of all of these things that we have for the battle. All of the the things that God has equipped us with are equipment from God. They're spiritual. The armor is made up of entirely spiritual weapons. Truth, righteousness, the gospel of peace, peace. Faith, salvation, the word of God and prayer. All of these are empowered by God and not something we're responsible for. It's not something we, we muster up. It's, it's God-given gifts. We can't do it on our own. We need God. We need God because all these things come from him and we need each other. Listen to the language that, that, that he's using. Pray for me. This is Paul. Pray for me. I need prayer. Pray for others. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Paul is making this this point. Again, in the message, he says, keep your eyes open. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. It's this idea that we're in this battle together. 
that none of us should be standing by ourselves. We are with God and we are with each other. And some of us right now, man, we had a great week. And some of us had a really crappy week. And we are all called together to be in community, to pray for one another. And you know what? When things are great, we need to have our eyes open. Who isn't, it? Who isn't having a great week? Who isn't doing well this week? How might God want me to help encourage someone to lift them up? And it's probably not going to be convenient. But God wants to use us in that way. And, and some of us, we've had a, a horrible week. And we've carried the burden all by ourselves as if it was our responsibility, as if it was something that only we could deal with. And Paul is saying, man, the battle's not just flesh and blood. You can't handle it on your own. You need God and you need people. You need people praying for you. It breaks my heart to think about people carrying these burdens as if it's, it's, it's only them. I mean, somebody that I really care about, a, you know, I found out this week is, is just carrying this burden She's not telling anybody. And, and, and it's just, it's, it's scary to think that people would do that by themselves, that they would think that somehow they're equipped to manage it on their own. And that's why I'm thankful to be a part of a church that says we don't have it all together, so share, baby. Let it all out. Let's go ahead and stand and pray. Recognizing we're in a battle that's not against each other. It's not against flesh and blood. That we need God. We need each other. But in Christ, we are more than conquerors. And nothing can separate us from the love that is in Christ Jesus. God, we thank you that you have equipped us, Lord. That you have chosen to equip us. We thank you for the truth that you've given us. We thank you for the righteousness that you've filled us with through Christ. We thank you for your gospel of peace, for faith, for drawing us to yourself, for salvation. God, that we have been redeemed. We thank you for your word. We thank you that you listen to our prayers. And right now, I pray for us as a church. I pray for everyone here, God, that you would reveal to them the schemes of the enemy in their life. God, that you would reveal to them flesh and blood that they thought they were in battle with, that it was just a scheme. Lord, that you would speak to us this morning, that you would give us eyes to see those around us that are hurting Holy Spirit, that there would be no opportunity for the schemes of the enemy to lay hold of us. But God, that we would recognize them for what they are. Come now, Lord, free us. Keep us free.